I said to you, you have a GE refrigerator, and I said your refrigerator doesn't work, what would you do? What, what would you do if your refrigerator didn't work? Hey everyone, this is Rick, and welcome back to the Seed the Startup Journey, the entrepreneurship podcast sharing the origin stories of amazing founders and their companies in under 20 minutes. Today, I'll be chatting with James Jern, who's a serial entrepreneur that owns an electrical contracting company, a lighting distribution company, and a cannabis dispensary. Wondering how all these businesses fit together? Let's find out. Hey, James, thank you so much for coming onto my podcast today. You are the founder of three different companies, Zap Electric, which is an electrical contracting company, Ion Lighting Distribution, which sells all sorts of lighting. And then the final one I'm super curious about, uh, Holio Cannabis. But before I get into any of these companies, I was just wondering, how did you even begin your startup journey? Well, you know, I, I don't think it was a startup journey when I started the journey, and I think it ended up as a startup journey. You know, I, I think that's a better way to go about it. Learned to become an electrician in Tallahassee, Florida at a Votech school. So my education cost me about 600 bucks, and I think my dad paid it. You know, I advanced very, very fast. I, uh, I always believe that if you're going to do something, you got to, you know, um, have the tools to do it. So small examples are if you're going to be an electrician, become a master electrician. If you're going to be an electrician, make sure that you have, uh, you know, a commercial driver's license to drive a bucket truck. If you're going to be an electrician, uh, make sure to read the code book so you can be faster and better at what you do. So I did that for quite a few years. And uh, how I got into my second startup, uh, I always struggled with the lighting industry as an electrician. So I also believe if you can't beat them, join them. So we were against all odds because lighting distribution, electrical distribution is all controlled by gazillion dollar companies. There is no mom and pop electrical shops anymore. So when myself and my partner, Sean Callahan, uh, decided to open up ION, uh, pretty much everybody said, you're done before you even start. You know, you have no chance. And unknowing to them, that's the most motivation I can get is when somebody tells me I can't do something. It's like, haha. So now, now I wake up every morning going, hmm, I'll, I'll show them, you know. I've also done other things. I mean, I've dabbled in real estate and commercial real estate and buying an auction and fixing up because of my construction background. But how I got into the uh, cannabis business uh, in, in Massachusetts about two years ago, they legalized marijuana on a recreational basis. You know, put the disclosure there so the FBI or whoever doesn't kick in my door. <laughs> and uh, I went to a meeting, a company, a group of uh, young uh, adults, uh, wanted me to invest in their company. And a good friend of mine, Sarah Miller, that's a real estate attorney, said, hey, James, you should meet this other attorney named uh, Blake Mensing and from the Mensing Group. And, you know, he, he's, a, he's into cannabis and I think you guys would, 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 you know, connect. So there's three of us at the table. There's Sarah, there's Blake and myself, and um, we're looking at their proposal. And like a light went off in my head and I said, wait a minute, they want the money. I have the money. What big parts happen in opened up a cannabis operation in Massachusetts? You need a lot of security. Oh, I do security because I'm an electrician. You need a lot of electrical because you need generators and backups. And like, oh, I'm an electrician. And I kind of went down the, oh, you need a bunch of lighting. Oh, wait a minute. I own a company that does lighting. The only piece I was really missing was sitting across the table from me. And I said, you know what? Hey, let's open up a dispensary. And literally in the parking lot, we shook hands and, Two years later, it's open, you know? So I wish I can have more of a story to say, you know, oh, I, I did analytics and I looked at the uh, geograph of uh, my community and I made sense in this radius. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm one of these uh, CEO entrepreneurs that I see somebody, I look in the eyes, it feels right, I shake your hand and off we go. 
you know, and, and, and trust me, Rick, I mean, I've had people, my daughter uh, has a, a master's degree in analytics, so I understand it, but I'm still the old school that yes, you have to have a lot of common sense. Okay. Cannabis, it's a growing industry. There's not a lot of people. It's a hard thing to do. I have all the pieces costs a lot of money. I can reduce. I mean, I have those thoughts in my head, but you know, when somebody said, why did you chose this location? The only reason I did, because it was cheap rent. So if your listeners take anything from what I say is if you start a business and every day you're on your computer, looking at your growth and a curve and a this and a that and a that, spending any of that time for the first month, six months, a year, you're going to fail because you need to be thinking about your clients. You're, you need to be thinking about customer service, making the experience right, what the temperature is in the office, you know, um, how things flow, how you're marketing yourself, sitting there counting your money is, is, is failure, you know, mm -hmm. because I'll tell you why it doesn't matter because I'm a big believer and, you know, people say, okay, what's your backup and a backup plan for me means failure. If you go into any business and say, you know, if I fail, I can go get another job. Or if I fail, I can move in with mom. Or if I fail, if you're even thinking like that without even realizing in the back of your head, you're basically putting your hand up and saying, back away, back off. I have a backup mm -hmm. plan. So there is no backup plan. So when people do analytics and say this and this and this and this, or you know, I've been asked many times, what's your budget? My budget, my budget is getting the door open and selling a joint. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what happens if I said my budget was 100 and we're at 150, what happens? Do I go home? There is no th such thing, you know, when you get, yes, obviously you have deep pockets, you can do that. And it's different starting up when you're a young kid or, or in a young adult, we have to borrow money. But no matter what you think, you should always have a lot more. So, I mean, I'm rambling on, I don't know if I'm in the direction you wanna go, so I'll wait for the next question. I feel like you're making it sound too easy. Right? Like, I'm sure that there's a ton of other challenges that you've encountered along the way, especially in the cannabis industry, because just for me, like coming from an Asian uh, country, like it's, it's still something that's super prejudiced against. So what are some of those challenges that you had to navigate in order to just get this thing going? You know, I think for me, it was more, uh, so first thing I'm in Holyoke, Massachusetts, that the mayor was elected at the age of 23, I think, or 22. He was one of the youngest, he was all in favor. So Holyoke, Massachusetts was a very uh, cannabis gall oriented community. So Holyoke had a lot of economical problems. There was a big paper mill. A lot of the jobs moved out. So the city was kind of falling apart. So cannabis is like their, their home run on taxes and whatnot. So the community was very receptive. I think I always viewed it as like owning a bar, you know, you're the cool guy that owns the bar. So, you know, Oh, I own a cannabis store, you know? Oh, so when people met me, they always were interested as uh, I'm also a private pilot. They were always interested in my, my, my airplane abilities or my flying abilities or my airplane. Mm -hmm. Now we don't talk about the airplane anymore. It's like, that used to be like how people, like, Oh my God, that's guy's the pilot. Now it's like, Oh my God, that's the guy that owns the cannabis store, you know? <laughs> um, so you know, the challenges were like anything, any construction is putting things in places, getting the right team, getting the right architects, having the right vision. But I guess because I had such a strong construction background for me, it was just, it was just natural, you know, and mm -hmm. I just, uh, but I guess not everybody comes to the table with that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you are a serial entrepreneur, but when do you decide like, okay, like this is it, I'm done with this company and I want to move on to something new. When you start a company, if you, jump off the wagon too early, the wagon might kind of stray and, and flip. And if you stay too long on the wagon, the driver won't know how to drive it because you didn't teach him. So it's kind of like that delicate balance. So the way I do it is that 
I'm very, 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 very active in the beginning. I'm there every day, but you have to start from day one. So like my general manager that I hired six months ago knew that I might be sitting in Europe for six months out of the year. So when you hire that person, you have to have a person that's competent, that can handle it, that understands. But with that being said also, and this is where I think a lot of people fail, fail at that exit kind of plan, is that if you're too controlling, if you want everything 100%, don't go into business mm-hmm. because you'll never build another one. Or it's great, but you will t- be tied to that business six to seven days a week. You'll never be able to go on vacation. And I have several friends that, that if any, they have more money than me any day. The difference is right now, you know, I put on a, a dress shirt for you, but you know, sitting with my pajamas on. Okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, but you know, my friends, you know, they own mechanic shops and they own, you know, just businesses and you know, their biggest complaint is they're always tied up. Well, you're always going to be tied up if you don't put a plan in, if you, but I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say here to become a, a business owner, you have to accept a 70 and a 75. If you want a hundred, you will never own more than one company because nobody can give you a hundred percent besides mm-hmm. yourself. So when you say, how do I know when to leave is, or when do I start the process? I start the process from the beginning from hiring the general managers, from hiring the people. My arrangement at ION was my partner in the beginning. You know, I put up all the money, but in our contract, it says, it's great. I'll get all my money back. Just remember that the next 10 years, you're going to come to work every day, not me. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but yeah. was I there every day till we got going to, was I there every day? And then in the more and the more, you know, Zap Electric, you know, I talked to the guy running it probably twice a week. I haven't been there probably in three or four weeks. I on the same thing. And, and, and even right now with Holyo cannabis, um, it's at a point right now that I'm, I'm not there every day. So kind of on a related note, because you also mentioned that you are a pilot and also, I think like you're also an advanced open water diver. So like kind of, how do you spread yourself across, you know, your businesses and also maintaining that kind of work-life balance? Like, do you actively try to block out time to like go dive and drive a plane? It's interesting you say that because I've, uh, you know, I've owned, I've owned a lot of businesses. I've done a lot of things, you know, more than what we're even talking about. Uh, that's a delicate balance because normally I can balance it very good. And, and normally even like Zap Electric, that's electrical contracting on Friday, it shuts down and starts back on Monday. Ion Light and Distribution shuts down on Friday, starts back up on Monday. So I work really hard during the week and, you know, during the weekend, but this, the Holyo Cannabis, it's a retail store that's open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So mm-hmm. it's a little challenging right now for the yeah. first time. Normally I'm like, eh, no problem. I just go, I shut it off. You know, if something happens, call 911, you know, how, well, what's going what's gonna to happen, you know? What's going to happen? You know, and you also have to remember, I'm a little older than you, where I grew up in a generation that I was not accessible. I mean, who says you need to be accessible all the time? Yeah. But I will be honest, if you ask my partner right now, she would give you a look, you know, and she would say to you, I don't know, because I'm on the phone and she's like, you're not spending enough time with me. So I hope, I don't know if I answered it because I'm not, I'm not sure how to do that right now. So I'm I'm working on it. Yeah, no. And I think another aspect of like this sort of balance is mental health and that's something that i'm like increasingly aware of especially in like the startup era where it's always like super stressful and there's ups and downs so how have you been able to deal with some of those stress 
um, and like keep yourself basically mentally sane? Well, again, this is probably one of the hardest ones I've done because it goes seven days a week. But um, I mean, you got to have to have an awareness of it. You know, when you get really stressed out, you you end up not eating right or, or not eating at mm -hmm. all. But, uh, you know, I agree with you 100 percent. But in my case, my body is very interesting. So if I don't take care of myself mentally and physically, my body will take care of me. So what that means is if I don't chill and if I don't relax and if I don't shut off a little bit, my body, like my back will hurt, my back will get caught or my neck will get kinked or like literally my body will be like, James, you can't figure it out here. I'll stop you, you know? And, and that happened to me. My knee hurt me, my back hurt me. So, you know, um, but it's important at one point, like, you know, at night, especially you got to shut your phone off, you know, putting in, mm -hmm. you know, people know, okay, it's in a, I have an Apple phone and I don't know if everybody's aware of this, but you can put it in a mode where it won't ring, but it will ring if people call you two or three times in a row, like to the emergency or your contact list. So you got to be in touch, but you also have to realize that, you know, you got insurance and there's fire department out there in the police department. And like I said, I grew up in a generation that you weren't accessible all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, disconnect from your phone, put it down. When you have dinner, don't bring your phone to the table. I mean, it's little things, but you got to squeeze some, some just Zen time where you're not bombarded by technology. Definitely. Like, I, I think that's something I have to do more, like, especially as like a content creator, there's always this pressure to post things and keep like to a schedule. Um, so I, I, I definitely see that as something that, you know, I should try to block out more time for myself. So do you have any advice for someone like me who's still a student, but I'm interested in entrepreneurship and might want to start something of my own in the future? Surround yourself with really good people because there's a lot of really smart people out there. A lot of really, you know, don't, don't put boundaries on yourself. So this goes into a little, little conversation and it might sound a little snobby, but you mm -hmm. know, you have to remember society has built a frame for us. You know, we, they put us in a box. I'm sure you've been told your whole life, save money, save money, start putting money aside in an IRA and a this and a that. It sounds right, but that is actually somebody sticking you in a box. You'll never say in your thought, yeah, I can save $12,000 or $5,000 this year, but if I took that $5,000 and I opened up a hot dog stand, I can make 20,000. Just an example, you know, it's like climbing the corporate ladder versus making the ladder. And it's a hard thing to break out of because society and how our tax bases is that, I mean, and, and it's terrible to say, but the rich man obviously was able to break out of it and they want to keep the working people in a box. So you work and make the rich man money, you know? So I think the biggest thing for me is, is really in your mental. Like if I said to you, you have a GE refrigerator and I said, your refrigerator doesn't work. What would you do? What, what would you do if your refrigerator didn't work? Either try to call them to see if I can fix it or buy a new one, I would say. Right. You know what I would do? I would call the CEO of GE, get them on the phone and say, your refrigerator is not working. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to show you how you were trained, get online, put in a refrigerator and it's right what you said. But that's my thinking is when I had a problem was uh, one of the, you know, an ion when I had unfair competition happening was one of the major stores in town. I picked up the phone and called the CEO and I'm not going to mention the name because he was very cursed. And guess what? He picked up. And my partner was like, that guy like, you know, owns like, you know, a hundred million dollars of company, <laughs> but it's that frame of mind. And when I called him and told him what his branch was doing, he had his law firm and he called back and, and, and he resolved it. But the, yeah. that I even comprehended that I could pick up the phone. Like if I have a problem in the city, I don't complain to the clerk. I call the mayor. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not because I have money. It's just that I, comp- I, I have mentally took those breaks off of what you've been taught, chain of command and how to do things. When you're in business, failure is not an option. So trust me, if you called the CEO of GE versus you called the repair people, I bet your refrigerator would get a lot fixed a lot quicker. So I'm, I'm, it's a little crazy, but that's my recommendation is don't work within the lines that somebody drew for you because those lines were drawn to make sure you don't take that guy's job. Yeah, no, I, I, love, I, love <laughs> I don't I was, know if you expected that answer or not, but here you go, you know? <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome. Like I, I was in the Taiwanese army like of, uh, last summer, basically. And all they were saying was like, oh, you got to report to this person first. And then if anything else doesn't get resolved, report up. But no, like I, I hated it basically. Um, right. So yeah, I, I love that kind of way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no boundary. There's no failure. I mean, you know, when we started the lighting company, so there's the factory, manufacturers, rep, distribution. And when when they said, you know, your competition said, if we sell to you, we, we you know, so they didn't sell to us. Most people at that point would put their head down and stop. What does James do? Gets on an airplane, flies to Hong Kong, goes to the factory, meets all the people there, brings a container and sells the lights. Wow. Nobody's going to tell me to stop. But how many people would think like, to go to mainland China or to go to Hong Kong or just to, there is no rules, but they made the rules. Like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Well, where, where is this doctrine that says I can't do this? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't mess with me, I would have done it. So my point is failure is never an option. There's always another direction. There's always, there's just, you got to have that, that feeling that you're just, and people will pick up on that energy. You know, when people mm-hmm. won't mess with you and they realize like, I better play nice. He's a great guy. He'll shake your hand, but God, you know, don't, let's play let's let's not play games you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's how people know me i think i'm look taking the time to sit with you you don't think i have businesses and you know but this is like hey you know i said i was going to do it here i am you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's really about failure is not an option period yeah (laughs) no and and thank you for taking the time to do this too (laughs) so let's kind of like wrap things up and i i I prepared a quick game it's called underrated or overrated first one pineapples on pizza i like that so that's underrated yeah me too (laughs) next one gamestop overrated self-driving cars underrated i own a tesla by the way nice (laughs) bitcoin underrated think about it how does the government put you in a box the government has a currency that they can shut off or turn on. If you have Bitcoin, the government can't take your money. That's something mm-hmm. that's completely underrated because, oh my God, you know, that's how they can find you into a box. So definitely underrated. I love Bitcoin. Sure. And I love your recurring theme of this box. <laughs> well, it is, you know, I think most people think Bitcoin, oh, it's going up, but they don't understand like the implications of how cool it would be to have a, a, a currency that you can travel around the world that is not controlled by, by, by governments. If you do something to your government or you don't pay your taxes, how do they box you in? They take your money. Yeah. But if they can't take your money, how do they control you? And Bitcoin takes that away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, that's it for today's interview. Awesome, Thank awesome. you so well, much. I, I for hope coming I didn't on. talk too much, and your crowd loved oh. it. And feel free to edit anything you want, you know, to make the show. And it was a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And you know, good luck with your ventures. And you were very, very sharp. So I appreciate the time. You know. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. That was under 20 minutes, but if you would like to hear my takeaways from chatting with James, stick around. My biggest motivation is when somebody tells me I can't do something. 
I love that energy from James, and it reminds me of the founding story of Square, when it was actually illegal and Jim McKelvey basically ignored it and turned it into a $100 billion business. By the way, you should definitely check out that episode if you haven't already. And this leads to my second takeaway, which is James' recurring theme of a box. Society has put us in a box in so many different ways, from the need to save money, to go to school and be a doctor or lawyer. And when our fridge doesn't work, we are so ingrained to think, oh, we should look up online or call customer service. What would James do? He would call the CEO. And my final takeaway is related to the theme of mental health, which is something that we'll explore in the next couple of episodes as well. It's a tip on creating Zen time for yourself. Who says you have to be accessible all the time? Don't bring your phone to the dinner table, especially if you're with friends or family, and make sure to find time for yourself so you can keep yourself mentally sane. That's it for the takeaways, and this week's startup droplet is submitted by Zach and Trey from Scottsdale, Arizona, and they're working on Lumiere Shorts, a curated short film streaming platform that offers a bi-monthly personalized stream to create the ultimate experience for the short film community. If you also have an idea that you're working on, or you came across a startup that you thought was super cool, make sure to message us on Instagram, and we'll be sure to feature that on our next startup droplet. That's it for today's episode. My only request of you is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or follow us on Spotify. My goal is to get to 5 ratings by the end of the month, and I'm counting on you all to help me reach that goal. Let's grow our seed of innovation and creativity together, and I'll see you next time.